Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to Hockey at the Rock. Um, my name is Anne Roselle and it wasn't hesitation for me forgetting my own name. It's more like I'm trying to figure out what mood I want to set here because as me or, uh, you know, John Fisher. Hello, John. Hello, Dan. Uh, as we can both tell you, things have not been great in Devil's World. And, you know, mm-hmm. for one reason or another... Um, they're not enjoying the same level of success they saw at the beginning of last year, especially in uh, November. But that being said, um, they're eight, seven and one currently when we record on this day and we're coming in after, you know, a week where the devils face some, uh, it's some interesting matchup talk, especially for the teams that they saw. So Winnipeg, Pittsburgh and the Rangers were the matchups this week. And truly, it was possible that they could have won every single one of those games. They only end up winning one of them. And we're seeing some of the same specters haunt them that used to haunt them two years ago, uh, three years ago, four years ago, defensive breakdowns, goaltending, and just lack of discipline in general. They're allowing a lot of power play opportunities as well. Yeah. And I would stretch that discipline to include some of those defensive breakdowns because we're not talking about like, you know, Okay, in the Winnipeg game, there was an egregious one by Dougie Hamilton, and we'll get to that in a moment. But I'm talking about simple things like guys not bodying up, guys not picking up guys in coverage, guys seemingly not talking to each other, sticks not being tied up. Um, You know, those are things that I have stated on this show. You have stated on the show. I've written about this. I'll tell anybody that, listen, you don't need to be a Hall of Famer to do that type of stuff. You just have to put in the work. Mm -hmm. And the Devils have not put in the work, and that's why they're sitting with the – Second most goals allowed in the Metropolitan Division with 62 or 61, if you want to take away the shootout loss. Um, it's why they, you know, they went one and two when if they played a little bit smarter, like they did in that one winning effort, they probably have two wins and mm-hmm. maybe even pick up an extra point in one of them. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, we're at the point of the season where that stuff does matter because you know, the rule of thumb is that whoever's in a playoff position by Thanksgiving is like got a great chance of actually making to the playoffs. And the Devils right now are not a playoff team. And they're, they're guaranteed to not be one, despite the fact that as mm-hmm. the t- as of us recording this, they're going to play against Detroit tomorrow uh, in Detroit. They will not be able to make up enough points to be in a playoff position by the end nope. of that game, regardless of what happens. So certainly not where all of us expected the team to be at this point in the season. But I have to say. I don't think any of us envisioned the scale of injuries that have been hitting the devil, certainly 
um, no. all in a row. I mean, you know, one at a time is a different story, but you're you're losing three of the highest paid players on the team and also the league, um, you know, in Jack, Nico and Timo Meyer all in a row. Uh, dis- you know, beyond that, you have injuries to the depth happening constantly, it seems. Um, luckily, the defensive core hasn't really been that effective so f- affected by injury so far, but maybe that's um a mistaking you know a mistaken perception given how good miller has been in his first couple appearances for the devils yeah so we did finally get to see the return of we got to see the return of thomas noshek as well mm-hmm. um but uh, we also got to see colin miller recover because he was injured in a practice back in october so he literally made his devil's debut and i'll tell you what dan he looked fantastic next to luke Hughes. he's basically doing all the stuff i think people want and expect and I'll dare suggest some people think Brendan Smith is doing mm-hmm. perfectly. No nonsense. Steady hand in the back. Do you want him to play a whole lot of minutes? No. Do you expect him to contribute much on offense? Uh-uh. But can he handle himself well in his own end? Not kill you. Not take dumb penalties. Not whiff on bouncing pucks. Not fail to get beaten and outworked by Jimmy flipping VC in front Ugh. of the net. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, nope. Colin Miller was perfectly as advertised uh you know tom Fitzgerald traded a fifth round pick for this guy you now saw why and luke hughes even statistically the underlying numbers that that pairing was awesome in both yeah. of those games that were played even in the losing effort against our hated rivals well at this point it's hard to imagine taking him out of the lineup for any reason whatsoever yeah. um even though you know you don't want to run seven defensemen every single night they they've been afforded the opportunity to do so in these past couple of games just because of the rash of injuries that they faced Mm-hmm. Um, it does make more sense for them currently to do that configuration if you're going to keep Smith on as a PK specialist, basically. Um, in essence, what they're doing or what they should be doing with him, the only thing that he should be uh, doing for this team. But uh, they still need a couple more people to recover up front in order to feel the 12 forwards that we know they can. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people have had to step up in the absence here. One that I think has done... A pretty good job. While there's some players on the team that have certainly, you know, been cold most of the season, I think Curtis Lazar has actually done a pretty good job uh, in providing the Devils exactly what he was supposed to. Exactly. And remember, he was injured almost right away after coming to New Jersey. He had a hard, like, I know his wife was uh, in labor too. It, it was just a rough time for Mr. Curtis Lazar. But you got to see and have been seeing that he's a perfectly effective fourth line winger. He is outperforming Kurt Nathan Bastion. He is a perfectly I hate to use the Simpson term, cromulent depth player. Mm -hmm. You know, he works hard. In the Winnipeg game, I don't think he played well. He took some dumb penalties uh, that weren't really necessary, and that hurt the cause. But in other games, like the the win over Pittsburgh, for example, you know, he contributes. He contributes. He chips in stuff. And that's what you expect from a fourth liner. So credit to him for doing so. And I'll even add to that, even though I think he had a bad game against our hated rivals on Saturday, uh, Michael McLeod, Mm -hmm. a guy who's playing – He's asked to play over his head, and honestly, he's not um, a detriment. He was real bad against our hated rivals. Like, you know, it's like his hands turned to stone that night. But mm-hmm. other than that, like, yeah, he's not going to give you lots of points, but he isn't dragging Jesper Bratt or Timo Meyer or uh, Dawson Mercer or um, Andre Palat down. Like, he's actually, like, hanging with them. He's, he's like a substitute teacher. Do you want him to teach the class for the whole season? No. But are you going to be mad at what he's doing? No, he's mm-hmm. not your problem. Yeah, so credit to him for that. 
Yeah, and I don't know if I want to go through all the painstaking details of the, yeah. you know, the last week in games, but I will say um, Winnipeg has historically been a house of horrors for the Devils. Uh, yeah. Not just Winnipeg, but the whole Atlanta franchise has been an absolute nightmare for them for one reason or another. And in that game, um, you know, they went down early, 2-0. Uh, managed to come back, but then, you know... Dougie. Dougie. Trade a couple I mean, goals back and forth, and then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the theme of this game is that Akira Schmid got this game. Mm-hmm. And what I have said after the game in comments on on X and elsewhere is that Akira Schmid was a victim of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, he has since seen the ice since then, because I, I know the argument is he gave up five goals. He can't be good. It's like, bro, you are not going to stop any of these. Like Kyle Connor scores off a rebound that where Kyle Connor's uncovered. Kyle Perfetti shoots a shoots a puck on a power play after a dumb power play that uh, Tyler Toffoli uh, conceded by cross-checking Nito Niederreiter while he was on the ice. Mm-hmm. You know, preferred he hit scores off Kevin Ball's stick. You know, the, the aforementioned where I said Dougie, you know, Dougie and the entire fourth line of which Chris Tierney has since been, you know, scratched. Uh, you know, nobody's covering Cole, Cole Perfetti in the high slot and absolutely nobody was covering Nik- Nikolai Ehlers on uh, Schmid's backside. You know, that's a tap-in you know, at mm-hmm. the end of the second period that made it 3-2. And then you got a pair of one-time, a wide-open one-timers. Like, guys, it doesn't matter if you got, you know, Igor Shosturkin, Ilya Sorokin, you know, pick a goaltender. They're going to give up, you know, three to five or more of those goals that Schmid got beat on. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for the defensive struggles, the Winnipeg game is a fantastic example of that because it's like, where's the coverage? Where's the effort? Where's the hustle? And again, you don't have to be a superstar to do it. You don't need Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer on your roster to do it. You have to put in the work. And I think that's kind of sad that this team with a veteran coaching staff, they have players who've been on the in the NHL for quite a while. Most of this team returned from last season. They know what the, they know that they need to put in the work. So we're, why are we talking about this in the middle of November? I don't know, Dan. I don't know, Dan. And I, I mean, if know. you look at if you look at that game and you look at it without uh, Hughes and Heischer, um, you you think you know this is pretty bad. If this is going to be a harbinger of things to come, with you know with how the team looks without those guys there, it, we might be in for a pretty long season and maybe say okay, push the window out a little further. But then in the next game, we got a really good example of what the team can look like when everything is clicking properly when they're mm-hmm. actually playing with attention with possession um they may not necessarily need the biggest guns but even still they step up as Jesper Bratt had a great game yeah this is and not only that Dan this was in Pittsburgh against a Pittsburgh team that won five games in a row five mm-hmm. games in a row of which they of course lost that one and then lost the Carolina and remained seventh in the division uh, by week's end because it's hard to catch up in this league but nevertheless you know, Brian Russ blazes a breakaway past Dougie Hamilton, and then all of a sudden Lindy Ruff decides maybe we shouldn't activate so much. And hey, the odd man rushes stop happening. Good, mm-hmm. good adjustment. Curtis Lazar and Eric Holla kick back on a penalty kill for a shorty. Second period, Brian Russ uh, redirects a puck that Vanacek really should have stopped. And then Nathan Bastion contributes his first uh, goal of the season when he just crashes the net with Eric Holla and puts in the puck. So it's two to two. And the Devils actually acquitted themselves quite well. And then um, again, in the third period, even though Halla ruined the one and only power play the Devils would get in this game, um, in the four-on-four situation, Jesper Bratt makes it a 3-2 game. A great play mm-hmm. with Luke Hughes and Jesper Bratt shortly thereafter. And 
minutes after Dawson Mercer missed Alexander Holtz on a wide open breakaway opportunity to which Mercer started punching his own bench. Um, Mercer one touches a pass from Andrich Palat to Alexander Holtz where Tristan Jerry is still looking for where Alexander Holtz was for two. And then on the next shift, I like to fully break sentence, you know, torches Jari and it's a five, two game. And the devils were on top of Pittsburgh on defense. Their penalty kill was excellent. Dan excellent work by the penalty kill. Jari's um, really not very good. Right. I mean, I don't understand. Like he, he seems to have locked down at least some position in their pecking order in Pittsburgh. But honestly, every time I see that he's in goal against the devils, I'm pretty confident they're going to win. Yeah. Like overall this whole season, he's played in 13 games. He's an overall safe percentage of 91%, which is way better than anybody on the devils, but he just has these nights where it's just like, you know, you question like, um, you know, he can shut you out one night and then the next night it's like, I'm going to give up three goals to Columbus in your face. Like, bro, bro, come on, pick, pick, pick a level here and stick with it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but again, Pittsburgh, again, put in a strong effort, but the devils did an excellent job in their own end. There was only one potentially backbreaking turnover that Andrej Palat gave to Eric Carlson in the third period, but Carlson sailed the shot right into Vanacek and Vanacek himself actually played well in the third period as well. That third period was brilliant. And I felt very confident that, okay, the devil's finally got an example. You work hard, you put in a good effort. Maybe not everything goes your way, but you can score three goals and win the game five to two. So do smart things on the ice, Dan. Mm-hmm. And for two periods, they did exactly that against the Rangers. Uh, for the most part, they did that. And again, it's, it's you know, it would be unfair of us to not give the Rangers credit where it's due. And Jack Hughes himself said it after this game, good teams find ways to win that game. And that's exactly what happened in that case. Right yeah. now, the Rangers are a much better team than the Devils are. It's just plain and simple. They're getting, are, are... um, you know, they're getting the goaltending that the Devils are not. They're, they're capitalizing on special teams at the same rate and better on the penalty kill than the Devils are. At the moment, the Rangers are playing better. But all that being said, this was still very winnable. Yeah, so let's take a step back. So for the Pittsburgh game, Timo Meyer was announced as a, a, a as a scratch as a game time decision. He was held out due to injury, so that's why the Devils went to eleven forwards and seven defensemen. Since mm-hmm. the Devils won that game in Pittsburgh, as you know, Lindy Ruff has figured, well, I'm not going to change a winning lineup. Except I will add one person. The big deal, Jack Hughes. Mm-hmm. He came in for Max Willman. Um, since Chris Tierney's in the scratch zone, deservedly, and Jack Hughes had a brilliant first game back. Well, also uh, the uh, the Rangers added back Igor Shosturkin that's for right. this game after he, he missing his, two weeks. Yeah, they both missed about the same amount of time, and it's a <laughs> but it, uh, Shosturkin looked rustier than Hughes. See, that's the thing. That's what makes like any loss to the our hated rivals is bad, Dan. But what makes mm-hmm. me particularly salty about this one is that one. You got a great game out of Jack Hughes. Like you're always concerned of like, is he really hundred percent? Is he rushing things back? You know, it was originally announced it's going to be week to week. It's only been two weeks ish. Mm-hmm. And you know, the guy comes out and, you know, attempts 14 shots on net. It puts eight yeah. of them on net. One rolls into the net because Igor Shosturkin literally gave up one of the worst goals of his career. Mm-hmm. He sets up Eric Hall's goal. So, Hey, Hughes comes, the big deal comes back. He gives you two points. He He's he's your he's a constant offensive threat, even though he was playing mostly with Curtis Lazar and Eric Halla, which led to some wonderful matchup uh, nightmares for for the visitors. And Shosturkin conceded a terrible goal against, where ninety nine percent of the time the goalie the puck stays in the breadbasket, and this time Shosturkin let it roll in. And then later in the second period, uh, first period, Andrej Palak gets his first goal of the season, where Shosturkin was weirdly standing up. 
for a one timer in the high slot. Like my dude, Shesterkin, yeah. if you were on your knees or had your stick down, you make the save. But hey, you know, that's what makes me mad, Dan. Shesterkin literally gift wrapped two terrible goals for the Devils. Yeah. Jack this Hughes gave you a 100% opportunity. Just a really, really and, wasted and, opportunity. And, and, and. It yep. was three to two early in the third period. It was the Devils were up three to two with ten minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. You got to lock down a result there, and the Devils yep. found a way to lose it. Yeah, no points is really bad. I mean, at least if you let them tie it late and they go on to get a point in overtime, you've gotten a point out of that. But to that's get nothing yeah. is that's just atrocious. And and how it happened, like the first, yeah, the, you know, the the game time goal from Panarin. I know some some have criticized Jack Hughes. He should have done more on the play. It's like, well, one, Eric Hollis should have won the draw. More importantly, don't ice the puck. There was a stupid icing mm-hmm. where, yes, our visitors held up and probably should have, you know, that had it taken away. But you don't need – there was no pressure at the devil's end of the rink at, at that point, Dan. They didn't need to ice the puck. They did. And guess what? You give them an opportunity to do that. Panarin takes a great shot. And, oh, yeah, it would have been cool if Vanacek would have made the save there too. It was a stoppable shot from the bread baker, the baker man, the breader, right. whatever. I don't know what you call him anymore. Anyway, but the most infuriating goal was the winner. I with mean, less with less than three minutes left, it's not Panarin, not Zabanajad, not Trocek, not Kreider, not Condre Miller, not Jacob Truba, the Rule Forty Eight abuser. It's mm-hmm. Jimmy VC. Yeah, legitimately hard to believe how bad both the defense and the goaltending were on that play. To be honest with you, yeah, this because this was, yeah. Marino should have tied up the stick easily. Yeah, yeah, but also. What kind of rebound is that? And what kind of reaction is that after giving up that kind of rebound? I mean, Vitek barely, it looked like he barely moved out of place like he did on the first goal. It looks like he's doing a lot of flopping around and as positionally sound as he was last year, where he just seemed to be in the right place. And and again, seemed to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, in, In most cases, he's just, he doesn't really have that this year. His rebound control has been awful. And I have to say, uh, my question for you, John, why did they fire every coach except Rogalski? Your your guess is as good as mine, Dan, because I I literally don't get it at this point. Like the sad thing again is that Shostakov was just as bad with the rebounds. But mm-hmm. the, the our hated rivals for all their sins, you know, they, they cleaned up a lot of stuff. And even then, Halla piled a rebound in, a rebound that Patricia Circuit should have left. But Vanacek, my dude, like how many – I have to look this up now. I'm sorry. He, he's been in how many games this season? He's been in, as we look this up, 12 games this season. He's made 12 appearances, Dan. 12. Yeah. He, he came in uh, – well, actually, he was pulled in the Washington game. So he made 11 starts mm-hmm. and, and saw to the end of those 11 of those games. Dan, I don't understand how somebody could watch this and go, Hey, Vitek, everything's going all right. It's not yeah. your fault. You know, yeah. like these were just bad ones. Like the first one allowed to Jimmy VC and yes, Jimmy VC got two goals in this game. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. You know, this is where I said earlier, like Brendan Smith, literally tie up a stick. You're Brendan Smith. We know you're not fast. We know you're not skilled. We know you're not positionally aware. Just body up a dude, you know, but Vanacek should not have conceded that rebound to Braden Schneider. 
It just shouldn't have. It wasn't that difficult of a shot. And then this play, Tyler Pitt like is running downhill and, and the devils are just completely out of sorts. I mean, Marino was definitely the most guilty, but it's like, Dougie, what are you doing on your knee? Are you proposing to somebody on the play? Yeah. It would have been nice if the big deal shut it down. But again, I'm more annoyed with the defenseman because that's literally their job. Right. And Vanacek, you can't just like, you got to kick that to the corner. You got to kick it long. You got to do something other than just letting it hit you and go, well, I don't know. And Jimmy VC had to do a turnaround shot for it too. So it wasn't exactly like the easiest put back for VC, but still less than three minutes left. You give up that goal, my dude, you know, yeah. you have, you, you know, this is why I'm not happy. You're not happy. The people who matter aren't happy. And, and this is why I'm also rolling my eyes at the constant discourse about, you know, the fans stand on the ice and how come, you know, the Jacob Truba hit was serious. Okay, guys, you were up three to two. Yeah. You could like, have won this game. You could have gotten a result. You blew it. Again, those Jacob Truba hits, first of all, do not matter if the Devils win that game. No one's talking about them after that point, except for, you know, just yeah. the typical Jacob Truba discourse. But that all being said, like, all that other stuff has nothing to do with the result of the game. All mm -hmm. that, like, you know, arena invasion stuff, like, I don't care about any of that. Yeah, I do not care matter. how many Rangers fans want to support the Devils and the building that they own by buying their tickets. I don't care. Genuinely. Yeah. It, like, it, like, thank you for reminding me that there are more people in Manhattan than in, you know, northern New Jersey. That That's really awesome of you. But that being said, like... You gotta you gotta lock this one down. There's no yeah. real way to justify it. And again, yeah. all that off ice stuff is the off ice stuff. It's not gonna go away. It's still November at least, so this game is not as consequential as it could have been. But it puts the Devils in a position they didn't want to be in certainly. And hopefully, yeah, you know, and as the injuries start to um, even out a little bit, people start coming back. We should see shades of the old team, but we want to see signs of it there. And we did in Pittsburgh. And we did for a long time in the Ranger game, but really it did not, you know, it did, again, it, it did I'm bringing it back to this. Yeah. Like Jack said, good teams win that game. Last year, yep. the Devils won that game. This year, they're not there yet. No. And, and again, I don't think it's a lack of talent. I think it's honestly effort, you know, and that's the frustrating thing because, you know, say what you want about Tom Fitzgerald and his decisions this summer, for the most part, they've worked out for the most part. Like I know some are saying, Oh, I wish I got more out of Brad. Well, Brad gave you a whole bunch. He gave you yeah. an awesome game. Hell he nearly batted in his own rebound in the third period that we could have, you know, put the devils up four two. by the way. Brad's been would, incredible. Yeah. Like Jack Hughes literally comes back from injury and drops eight shots on net, gives you a goal, a lucky one up be at that, but he gets you a goal and he sets up a, you know, what could have been the, you know, a game winning assist in the third period. Mm -hmm. Like, He's not the problem here. Timo Meyer has been productive. He was finally getting going. Unfortunately, he's been hurt since the Winnipeg game, and we'll see how long he's out. Um, you know, Dawson Mercer has finally found, you know, the score sheet, you know, so he exists. He was terrible mm -hmm. in the New York game, by the way. He was terrible yeah. on Saturday. Um, but you got to put the work in, and mm -hmm. that's the big difference. Say what you want about our hated rivals. You know, Ryan Lindgren wasn't too good to body up guys or get a stick on things. You know, Jacob Truba after he nearly killed Thomas Noshek, you know, he would played like a good player, you know, in the periods two and three, I have a suspicion. The officials and Peter Laviolette told him you better knock it off. There's a target on your back. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, but that's the thing. Like, and that's why our hated rivals, you know, they haven't lost a game in regulation since October 19th, Dan. They're literally a calendar month in of a heater. Well, it kind of just feels like they're having the season the Devils had last year so far. Exactly. The Devils could have won that, could have gotten a point and could have made a big statement by saying, hey, we can even beat the hottest, you know, one of the hottest teams in the season. Which they had just done a few days earlier. Exactly. So we know they're capable, but in Pittsburgh, they put in the effort against our hated rivals. They didn't against Winnipeg. They didn't. And we can go back to the other games we've talked about on the show and point out that in a lot of the games, the efforts just weren't there. And that's Mm -hmm. weird. That's sad and frightening to me, Dan, because again, it's not like this is a rookie head coach or the team's like all brand new. These are guys who should know better. The coaches know better. So where's the disconnect, my guys? What's the issue? Because you better figure it out soon. Because from now, from here on out, all the weeks are going to be three, four games a week. You know, you're not going to have a lot of opportunities to have heavy practices and bag skates and video sessions. Like you got to get the mentality right. Yeah. Got, so it's got to. You know, coming up for the Devils, they have uh, the Red Wings in Detroit on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Then they face Columbus at home on Friday and Buffalo at home on Saturday. So, again, these are not powerhouse juggernaut teams. You have to get points from these three, especially if you're going to be in this kind of position. Well, you're not in a playoff spot now, but guess who's competing for one? Detroit and Buffalo both. So this is a situation where if you're not better than them, well, who's to say you will be by the end of the season? So um, I'm hoping that the Devils can kind of recapture what made them uh, special in the first place. And hopefully, you know, Tom Fitzgerald can identify some goaltender to sign because, my God, like, you know, we talk about defensive mistakes, but they're not getting any saves as usual. This is, is, you know, let, let me amend that. They do get the occasional save, but it's not enough. They're just not yeah. enough to, um, this is not a team that can have their goalie just, you know, lose games for them. They Correct. can have their goalie not, you know, not win games for them. They just have to stand there and the offense can do the work, but these are goalies actively losing games for them at this point. They're not yeah. really doing much to help this offense, which has been again, as dynamic as advertised, they've scored a ton of goals. Yeah. A ton. They scored they scored four, no, five against Tristan Jerry, you know, two games ago. They put three past Shesterkin. You know, even in even when going down two nothing early, they tied it up in Winnipeg. Like they've they only have the had offensive one game this year where they were limited to one goal. Yeah. One. And and that required Jordan Bennington playing out of his mind, too. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, it was a bad effort it was just jordan bennington was better but you're right you know the detroit game is a critical one the columbus game is a better you better win because columbus is terrible right now yeah, and buffalo is sure. another team that you should be blazing past because those are your direct competent those atlantic division teams if you're thinking wild card you got to beat them um yep. the devils will get one potential lift though dan um mm-hmm. nico heischer practiced yes. on monday yes. Thank God. And that's big. Now, again, Nico Heischer does not play defense. Nico Heischer, the Devils could be fixing a lot of these issues without Heischer, Hughes, Meyer, whomever. Um, But having Heischer back is a big benefit. And maybe as the captain, he can, you know, put his foot down and say, hey, guys, this isn't good enough. And maybe they'll listen to him. You know, I think a lot of people read Rangers fans that were pointing to the fact that, you know, they're missing Fox and we're missing Shurkin for a while and had their hot streak. Um, we're pointing as he sure is not that important, but it's, I think it's easy to tell just how important he is. Their, their structure, their discipline has just not been there without the captain in play. And again, 
This is someone who is a prohibitive favorite to for being the best defensive forward in the league. You'd think that their defense would suffer without him in the lineup. Like, I, I don't understand where that suddenly went, even though in a lot of people's opinions, he was the prohibitive Selkie favorite. Yeah. And again, it, it will always help. It's always going to help to have, you know, good players returning. Like, that's just obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hope the Devils aren't going to rush him back. I don't think they are. To be honest with you, they've kind of played it safe with Heischer. Like they didn't even remotely talk about him traveling or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so the fact that he did practice is a big sign. And it, even if he just gets into the Buffalo game, I think that would be fine. I don't think he would practice this week if he wasn't going to play any of these three games and four nights coming up. Mm-hmm. I, 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 Detroit may be too much of a stretch. I think they may just say, you know what? Come back at home. Columbus is actually a really good opportunity. It's a 3 p.m. game, favorable crowd. Columbus is terrible. You, you, you'll 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 get your bearings back, and then you can go get revenge against Buffalo the next night. Yep. Sounds good to me. Yeah. And until that happens, we'll be there keeping up with all the goings-on in Devil's World and seeing what Fitzgerald might do to try and address some of the issues that we brought up today. But as always. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of Hockey at the Rock, and we hope that the Devils can catch some fire here. See you guys next time. Go Devils.